from the front lines of the green rush. This is Green Entrepreneur, where business owners talk about how they found success in cannabis and how you can too. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Green Entrepreneur Podcast. My name is John Small, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Green Entrepreneur. And we have an entrepreneurial legend in the house today. Anthony Sullivan joins us. And you probably know Anthony from starring in those really energy-packed commercials for OxyClean with his friend, the late Billy Mays. When your laundry detergent just isn't enough, supercharge it with OxyClean. One scoop in every load of laundry, it'll make your white brighter and your brights brighter. OxyClean, the stain specialist. And it, um, it's very nostalgic, you know, like sitting in the, in here in my studio, there's a, there's pictures of Billy everywhere. I mean, he's in my, there's not a day that goes by when I don't think about Billy in some capacity. OxyClean, the stain specialist. How's that? But Anthony has turned his sights these days to CBD, and he is the CEO of Montcush, which is a wellness product that uses organic full-spectrum CBD rosin from Vermont. And Montcush also contains the compound CBDA, which has made international news recently after a study discovered that CBDA and CBGA prevent the virus that causes COVID-19 from penetrating healthy human cells. So this has spelled a huge increase in sales from on Kush and wanted to talk to Anthony about this and, and other things and the origin of this company. So Anthony, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, John. I appreciate it. It's good to see you. So let's talk a little bit about the origin story of Mont Kush. It was inspired by your daughter, Devin, right? Yeah, I uh, I have I have a little girl. Her name is Devin. Um, she's 11 now, and she's uh, she's doing great. But going back to 20, it seems it seems like yesterday. But three years have gone by since I started this project. So going back to when she was about seven, she was put on an anti seizure medication, and she was born with a rare genetic chromosomal disorder. Which so she's had lots of learning difficulties and lots of health issues in her short life. But um, when she was seven, she started to develop seizures. And she was put on a, a pharmaceutical that had really bad side effects, including she lost about 20% of her body weight. She uh, lost her personality, which was the really big thing. She was permanently tired. And, I, you know, she was this, this pharmaceutical stripped, literally stripped her personality away. Well, her mom suggested that, you know, we try CBD. And I, I read a little bit about it. I heard about it. I was about as knowledgeable as, as the average person, which I've got to be honest, back there was not very knowledgeable. I went straight to the sort of, well, if it's involving hemp or, or THC, it's going to involve getting high. And I wasn't making the wellness connection. Anyway, long story short, we had, uh, we tried it. We had, we had good results and I was so inspired by the whole by the whole experience, uh, my little girl got a personality back that I thought I would embark on the next part of my my career to to get into the hemp business and try and make the best product possible and learn as much about the of the process as possible. At the time, it was it was new. There was not a lot of you know there still isn't a lot of information out there in in the general you know general circulation from especially from the medical field with the benefits of the medicinal benefits of, of hemp and CBD. So I decided to go all in in a true OxyClean Anthony Sullivan style. And instead of just white labeling this and do it, I wanted to actually see if I could make a difference and make something to go all in. So I decided with that, with the help of a friend of mine to go up and, um, and buy a piece of land up in Vermont, which is where I first went to my very first hemp farm. And, and after I 
I wanted to do this. So a friend of mine at a hemp farm, I went up, I looked at his operation and I thought, you know what, this would be a, a re something really great to do for business and to help my daughter and maybe help other people and, and you know, be involved in something new and, and, and groundbreaking and plant-based wellness. And uh, I went out and I bought a farm up in Vermont, 116 acres. I had zero experience. And we, I mean, I'll, I could talk for a long time about this, but we went on and uh, two years, we're two years in, we've grown over 150,000 high CBD plants. We used Oregon CBD genetics, Lifter and Suva Haze. We figured out how to germinate, how to plant, how to grow, how to harvest, how to dry, how to buck, how to trim, how to press. I mean, um, and it's it's been an amazing, amazing journey. I've learned a lot. It's an, it's it's still the business is young, and it, it's been really, really exciting. And of course, this this year with this CBDA news coming out of nowhere last week, we just happened to be right in the middle in the in the eye of that hurricane. So it's um it's just great to catch up. And it's it seems like yesterday that I started this project. And uh, here I am three years later. We we broke ground in Vermont three, it would be three years ago in April. So we're coming up on three years. Right. Now I want to get to that CBDA study, but at first I want to understand how you envisioned this uh, CBD product. Because even though it's a young nascent industry, there's so many CBD products in the market. It's really flooded. It's not a, reg a particularly regulated, if any really regulated market. There's a lot of snake oil out there, et cetera. How did you position the brand? It has a great personal story, but I'm wondering how you, as a sort of OxyClean master and somebody who's really knows how to pitch a product, how did you position this brand to stand out? Well, we, we looked at the, we looked at what was out there and I agree with you that there is, there is the, what I call gas station CBD and it's a race to the bottom, right? It's a race to the bottom in quality and it's a race to the bottom in price. And I think it's bad for CBD in general is the fact that you can go to these low end places and it's at a gas station countertop or at some sketchy smoke shop somewhere. And there's that component. Then I think there's, there's the people that are the bigger brands that are pushing into some legitimate retailers where I think the consumer trusts it. And then that, you know, we wanted to make a product that stood out that was high end. So I started to look at the extraction methods that were out there. And I, I got to be honest from a marketing perspective, it was like, what, what could we do that was different that could make a product that was that was best in class and how could we yell from the rooftops about it, especially in an industry where it's difficult to advertise, right? It's hard to advertise on Facebook. It's hard to advertise on social media. Google has all its rules and regulations. We decided to film the process, film the journey. So we actually made a 10 part TV show that's aired on Vice and it's just now available on Tubi. It's called Kings of Kush. So that was one way we were able to tell the story of the farm and the story of the brand. But I think our two biggest moves that we made as a, a company that I'm proud of and I, I can't take all the, you know, say this is my idea and I came up with this, but we had the foresight to get a USDA organic certification for our farm. Vermont was was great. It was it's a great place to grow, and we were able to get an organic certification for the farm in year one. Very very proud of that. So we knew that our plants coming out of the ground could be organic. And then you know as we looked around, how can we maintain the integrity of this throughout the process and have an organic finished product? We realized that it was going to be very challenging if we used ethanol extraction or CO two extraction, and we started looking into pressing. And at first it looked like it wasn't going to be feasible. It wasn't going to be scalable. You know, how are you going to press the, the rosin, which is obviously our active ingredient? How are you, how are we going to press? This is the entrepreneurial challenge. 
the flower from 75,000 plants, you know, and make it uh, make it workable. Well, we actually hooked up with a, a company out of California. Um, I'm going to give them a shout out because uh, they were great. It's no secret that we use them as Sasquatch. And we went to them, we challenged them, you know, can we, how can we do this? So we actually invested in their largest press and we started back in 2019 and we started pressing our flower. And in doing that, that process, we were able to maintain the organic certification into our finished end product. So what I'm very proud of and coming at this, I think sometimes being an outsider in an industry where you don't know the answers, you try and figure out ways of doing stuff and your our rookiness, if you will, are the fact that we didn't run into ethanol or run into CO2. We're like, right, why don't we try something else? And I think a lot of people would have thought we were crazy, but we ended out with a, a fresh press rosin. And, um, you know, I, just no secret, I've, I've OxyClean powered by the air you breathe, activated the water you and I drink. We've tried to, right, how can we differentiate ourselves from the, there's a thousand CBD brands out there, probably more. And there's one or two that stand out and we want it to be one of the, look, we want to be number one, right? It's going to be tough and that's what we're shooting for. So we, you know, we have the fresh press story, fresh squeezed. And um, as we started to look at our process, it was very simple. We were taking the flour, we were being careful with it. We were packing into 2.2 pounds and we were pressing it and out was coming this rosin. And it was no difference to how you get fresh squeezed orange juice and how you get squeezed, uh, extra virgin olive oil. It's the primo, right? So we've been able to tell that story. And um, so we've been able to have that USDA organic certif certified story. And I love when we started to do our COAs, we realized we had something special when we sent out our first rosin in the late part of 2019. And we, we started to do our certificate of analysis and all of a sudden we had all these cannabinoids and components in the plant that we didn't know because we were new at this. And all we started to sit down with people in the industry and they're like, you guys are really high in CBDA. And then we started to realize there's a market for CBDA. It's a, it's, you know, it's a, it's the mother of CBD, if you will. So we've, you know, I don't want to say it was a happy accident. I think there is a, there is an element of just trying to do something different, a happy accident, and also wanting to, wanting to do something that was best in class. And I also knew that I would have the stigma, even though I have my daughter, who's my true north on this, I also knew that there's going to be people out there that are going to go, well, this is just the OxyClean guy getting in on this because it's the latest thing. And I knew that there's going to be a certain percentage of people in the industry. And, and I don't blame them for going, oh my God, the OxyClean guy's in the business. Everyone's in. I, I wanted to prove them wrong and say, hey, I'm in this for the right reason. I'm in this A, for my daughter, B, to help other people, and C, to making a product that really is, is great. And then you add in this, this study that Oregon State University came out with this year, it's, or this, this, this week, and it's just, um, you could say it's it's and it's been a fist fight it hasn't been easy i'm not going to sit there and say it was an unbroken boulevard of green lights that's a common refrain i hear yeah entrepreneurial struggle what's been hard about it what's been the biggest challenge it was a much more cash intensive process than i thought the i got i mean it was it, it was i think if i had really thought about this from what it was actually going to take to to the farming component and then all the way through to finished product i think the hardest thing that stood out would be the the crash if you will in wholesale hemp at the end of 2019 the fact that the market got absolutely flooded and we were working on i think a very 
I would say, I think any traditional farmer would look at me and probably like cry their eyes laughing at me right now. The fact that somebody would actually come and pay a good wholesale price for a crop, the same way that someone would buy blueberries or strawberries or corn or commodity that you grow, that did not happen in 2019. And that put tremendous pressure on us from a cash perspective. It's like, oh, we, we had this amazing crop that we grew. And we, you know, there was no, the whole wholesale market, I mean, I think it's very, very widely known, just the price of, of hemp just went to the bottom. So we were, we were sitting on a, a situation where we had a lot of inventory. But the good news is, is we were able to, to turn it into finished product. And I know enough people and we had a great team and we were able to pivot and, and stay in it for the long haul. I think that was the hardest thing. And I also think that for me, what has been the most humbling thing is I'm a sales guy. I, I know how to advertise. I've sold millions and you know, actually over a billion, I think, uh, dollars worth of product around the world on television. And that's my medium, right? And all of a sudden, I'm, I've got my hands tied. I'm getting my ass kicked from an advertising marketing perspective. But like any new business, we are learning it. We are figuring it out. And you know, every day, we just get a little little bit, a little step further to uh, realizing. Our and the great thing is we've actually had time. Of, it's a true entrepreneurial struggle, right? The guy that invented Coca-Cola, I forget his his name. You know, it, it doesn't it doesn't happen overnight. You, you hit these walls and it's just, you have to figure out how to go under them, over them, around them, and you just stay in it. And um, we've been able to figure it out. And I think in a way, I'm looking at this last three years and it's just the way it's supposed to be. If it had all gone swimmingly well in year one, I don't think we would have been ready. We've had now the time to do the research. We've had time to perfect the packaging. We've had time to perfect the recipes. We found the right partners. And I'm new at this. I, I've been welcomed to the industry, but I've also had to find the right people. And um, so I just would say this is a good old fashioned entrepreneurial, you know, that is, there's just a lot, lot of roadblocks. By the way, for people listening at home, John Pemberton invented Coca-Cola. <laughs> I just looked it up. The power of the internet. Okay. So I am, you know, it's so interesting. So you said your hands are tight. Here you are. You're like a master pitchman. I mean, OxyClean is a, is a legendary product and mainly because of the way that you guys were able to pitch that product. What have you, what did you learn from that experience that you were able to apply uh, to this new business, even though you had to do it in a, in a bit of a different way? Well, I think the the what I wanted to do my original my original idea to push to get our brand story out there was to film a, a ten part to film a, a, a TV show around the journey because I figured nothing it would make good television watching me and um, and the guys up in Vermont try and figure out how to grow hemp with no experience with the true north of our daughter fish out of water high stakes trying to, a lot of money on the line, trying to do what's right, what could possibly go wrong sort of thing. And we had the good fortune to have, I had a relationship with Tom Beers, who's the producer of Deadliest Catch, and he he jumped on the show. So we were we were really, uh, we had a lot of eggs in the basket of using the TV show to be our, our marketing banner, if you will, to put us out there. And it did, it has aired on Vice, and I'm very happy with the, I'm very happy with the TV show and, and the content of the show, but it, it hasn't hit the eyeballs that I wanted to hit yet. So we just signed a deal with Tubi and any imminently with Amazon right now. So hopefully the TV show will get out there and tell a bit of the story of the brand and how we came across the press and why Vermont and some of the roadblocks we hit on. So I'm looking forward to the TV show. And we're also looking at every other channel of marketing. But I've got to be honest, in the last five years, the direct response industry that I'm in, that I was in, you know, with, with a lot of the brands that, because I obviously people know me from OxyClean, but I do, I've done a, a tremendous amount of marketing for companies like Nutrisystem. I've worked with McDonald's um, and all the little as seen on TV products with the change in the way that people are viewing media, which is all mobile now, pretty much. 
And then the fact the urgency to buy now has gone away because everyone knows you can get anything all the time on Amazon, except for the supply chain issues. The climate for direct response has changed. So as I entered into the CBD business, I also saw my, my business model for my existing marketing. You know, the, the industry that I've been in for 20 years has undergone a seismic shift in how do you get that customer now and, and how do you get that personalized message to that customer? So we're learning as we go along. And between affiliate marketing, between social media, between Facebook, between TikTok, TV, radio, there's just so many avenues. Yeah, banner ads, uh, influencer marketing. It's just, it goes, it's so it's the, 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 I think the wheel has so many more spokes that, you know, I used to TV, that was it. TV and go. And um, not only can we not put this on TV, TV doesn't have the same reach that it did. I, I still think it's a giant, people are like, oh, TV's dead and cable's dead. It's people still go home and turn the TV on. Do you think there'll be a time when you, CBD, you will be able to advertise CBD on TV? I do. I think it's coming and I think we're in front of it. I, I think that this, I don't want to say it's going to be a two horse race because I think it will be more than a two horse race. And, and Montcush is going to be one of the horses in the race or is one of the horses in the race. But I think that what's happened now, a lot of people got in, some people made a lot of money very quickly. Some people have just and burned out. Other people have got in and realized this is much harder than it is. I think very much similar to the internet rush in the two thousands, you're going to have some players that stick around and they're going to, they're going to consolidate and be the big players. And then I think eventually, Eventually, the TV stations, the media companies, and the retailers are going to realize that the exposure, I think everyone is just worried about exposure. And when you get this study that comes out from someone like Oregon State University and then gets picked up by Forbes, by Fortune, by Bloomberg, by New York Post, it just is a breath of fresh air to me that, thank God, it's not a cannabis publication that is talking about. It's not and I, lo- I love all the cannabis com- uh, it's okay. uh, conventions. <laughs> I, we do. We do. Yeah. But you want it to be mainstream. Yeah. Cannabis people are going to be pro-cannabis, but when it comes out from a mainstream, a university that does, appears to be independent, and all of a sudden it gets picked up by publications that people seem to know and trust, all of a sudden it's people, oh, I'm going to try this. Even like Jimmy uh, Fallon, and we even got picked up on the late night shows, which was great, right? So it kind of really hit the mainstream zeitgeist, which is important. Yeah, and I think in cheek, there's some, you know, pot smokers won't get COVID, but anything that is, uh, you know, I've read this study inside and out. I actually have a copy of it right here in front of me, you know, but, um, and we, it came out of nowhere. And I, I, as these, I think as this happens, it's going to bubble up. And I think that you obviously back in 2018, you saw the big play with Constellation Brands and the consumer, the CPG companies, everyone's watching the space and, you know, it's still highly regulated and it's still difficult to bank. It's still difficult to process credit cards. It's still difficult to certain states. There's a lot of regulation around this. I mean, I'm used to selling laundry detergent. But you can sell it anywhere. You know? Right. It's, this is, you've really set yourself up. I mean, it's a glad that it's a labor of love because you've definitely set yourself up with a very challenging thing, right? Well, yeah. You know, the thing I'm most, I think I'm most proud of is the end product we have. Um, to be shipping the amount of CBDA that we were able, we're still shipping as we speak. Um, I've, I've been actually, I've been fulfilling. You'd be very proud of me. I've, I've, I'm on the line. I'm on the line. Work it. It's, uh, it, there's, there's something that's just great, right? Just getting orders out and manning the phones and, and talking to customers and answering their questions. And uh, it's very exciting to be part of this. And the, the fact that we have CBDA in the form that we have it. I don't know if it's luck because I, I, I you know, I, sometimes I say luck is, uh, is preparation meets opportunity, right? You just happen to be, but I, I couldn't sit here and say, well, I knew, I knew that Stephen TA was going to do this, but it was, uh, 
it did put a smile on my face when it happened. So talk to me a little bit about how you leverage, you know, so this study comes out, you said it's out of nowhere. You didn't commission this study. It was just something that people in the CBD industry didn't see it coming. The study comes out. It's, we should say it, it was studied on rats, I think, but it did find that it helped prevent the spread of this, of COVID. So how did you leverage that information to help increase sales of your product? We haven't actually at this point in time had to do that much to leverage it. Uh, firstly, we we had to, the first thing I did is make sure I have enough CBDA. That was the first thing is do an inventory check because organically we just had, we just had people searching CBDA and it was landing on Mont Cushion. And I woke up in the morning and I'm looking at my phone. I'm like, holy crap. I start calling around everyone. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> what happened? So there is a product. You have a specific CBDA product. Yes, it was our number one seller, and we net we. I've got. To, I'll be completely candid with you. It it's got bite to it. It's the Stilton of uh, or blue cheese of of you know. If you have to like CBD to to be able to take CBDA, it's got an aftertaste to it. It's got a bite to it. Is it a tincture? The form that you yeah. Have? In a tincture, we knew we had it when we got the rosin because it tested high. Because we when we extract the rosin, we're at very very low temperatures, so it doesn't decarboxylate. So that's how we got it, and um and we and that's how we store it. So we made these CBDA tinctures because we we people enthusiasts and people who really really love CBD seem to go for CBDA. So it's our number one seller. We never really pushed it because the mint also the mint CBDA is very, CBD is very close. So we we had it. We were selling it. It was an active skew. We were actually borderline sold out of it. We're just making and literally have another batch, big batch being made. And it came right at that critical juncture. So first thing I had to do was scramble to make sure we can fulfill demand. And um, and then we you know had to man the phones and the website and just deal with. We did not foresee this instant you know demand coming. So we've been able to pivot to that. And then it's um, getting the manufacturing. And now it's, I want to make an organic, I want to make an authentic leap because who wouldn't want the sales from a, a great PR piece like this? But I also don't want to look like, hey, I'm, you know, we're out over here and we have the, the we have the anecdote for, co- for COVID. We have the antidote for COVID. I don't want that. I don't want to make that claim, but I will absolutely point to a study from a, a legitimate university that says, hey, CBDA does this. And by the way, we have it. So um, I'm working behind the scenes right now with my team to to make sure that we, you know, to, to you know, with some PR and to, in talking to you. And because I, I want to shout from the rooftops that Mark Kirsch has this. We didn't, we didn't have to make this because of this study. We already had it and, it, and we're shipping it as we just shipped out a bunch right now. I'm going back there to, to ship some more. So um, it's been great. And if, you know, anytime you're talking about curing or preventing anything, you're on thin ice. And especially when it, the, the, the biggest pandemic in our lifetime, and then something that is uh, still, still highly regulated. So I want to be very careful and authentic in our messaging and transparent and making sure that we're complying and still selling. So if that makes any sense. Yeah. All right. I'd be remiss at having the sort of pitch master on my podcast. If I just get a little bit of tips about what you've learned about pitching. And we, and we see some of it here, you know, listening to you on this podcast because you're pitching in some ways. But what it is that, is made, that made, has made you so successful at that specific part of your business for so many years. You know, why was OxyClean such a big hit? Why is Montcush now bubbling up to the top? What What is it about? What have you learned about pitching? I think if I can go, it's keep it simple. I think that people, especially in the CBD business and even in the CBDA business, you start talking about cannabolic acid and decarboxylation and volatile acids. It turns people off. 
find the problem. What is the problem? Get the solution. Have a USP, a, a universal selling proposition that so people can get their head around that's simple. In Monk Kush, for example, we came up with fresh squeezed and fresh pressed. And, and uh, people can visualize that. Keep it simple. Um, and when I think about OxyClean, if you go back to OxyClean and you say, right, if, if I had to describe OxyClean, add a scoop to every load of laundry, it'll make your whites wider and your brights brighter. Powered by the air you breathe, activated by the water you and I drink. It's Mother Nature approved and it's safe on your colored fabrics. It's $19.99. It gets the tough stains out. It's like, I get it. By the way, you're very good at that. That was good. <laughs> I think the same with, with CBDA, you know, the CBDA exists in CBD and mother nature exists as CBDA. We use a press to extract the rosin. The rosin is, is contains CBDA as it is in nature. It's the purest, rawest form. It's fresh pressed. And if you want the best, it's, it's Moncush. So what I want to try and do is, is, you know, perfect in home that, that simplicity. And I think in today's world, we are bombarded with so many messages. So, you know, and it's just so, you, it's coming at you. I mean, I used to think, I think there was a stat in the early 2000s, it was 1,500 messages a day that you, between billboards and text, you know, or whatever. Now it's got to be more. And it's, um, how do you just keep it really, really simple? And I think with Mark Cush, um, what, I, what I'm trying to do is just keep it simple so that when the curious customer comes in and, and sees what, if they want to take a deep dive, they can. They can take a deep dive. I, I, to be honest, if you want to take a deep dive and know what's in OxyClean, what is it in OxyClean that makes your whites white and your brights bright? That's a whole other conversation, right? But the fact is, you put a scoop in your load of laundry and it works. And I think the messaging on Montcush is, is, is really simple as well. With fresh squeeze, fresh press, USDA certified organic, made in Vermont, and you know we've got CBDA. So I'm just trying to simplify the message in a, in a complicated world. And I Cannabis is complicated. It is. And there's still a lot of people who are afraid of it. I mean, it's shocking how many people still think that it's all about being high. It's There's a huge, and just to dispel that myth, we're healthy, not high. Is uh, So I'm doing my best to keep it simple. I think keep it simple and keep the price. Your know, value is, a, is something as well. You know, it's CBD is expensive and you know, the way we make it, it, there's a reason why it's expensive, but um, people need a deal, especially in this day and age with inflation the way it is. So keep it simple. Keep it simple. That's a great message. So the brand is Montcush. What is the best way if people want to order your product, they should, where's the way, is it the best thing to go through your website? Like what's the best way? Montcush.com, M-O-N-T-K-U-S-H.com. Uh, Mont is uh, the little backstory behind the, the, the name of the brand. Mont was a shout out to Vermont, obviously the M-O-N-T in Vermont. It's French for mountain and our farm is on the side of a mountain. And Kush was a, uh, was a shout out to the genetics, you know, in the, the region where a lot of cannabis originated from over the years. But we found out later in, as we were unfolding the brand and in, in developing this, that Kush in Hindi means happy. So Mont Kush kind of uh, loosely translates to happy mountain. So Monkush.com. And um, we have, as of, as of right now today, we have CBDA on there. And I'm super happy to be in this conversation and been able to offer this and looking forward to developing more CBDA products. And we're also going to stay on, you know, stay on our other. It's great to have what people are searching for. And it's, uh, we're also going to keep um, up with the rest of our, the rest of our lineup. And I'm just, I'm stoked for the business. I'm stoked for everyone in the business that is, that is doing well. And it's also, this is new, it's emerging and uh, it's exciting. So it's nice to see, see things, nice to have things like this happen. Well, 
Anthony, thank you so much, Anthony Sullivan. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast and best of luck with Mont Cushion. It's, it's a very exciting time. Thanks for having me, John. I appreciate it. And uh, I've always been a big fan of entrepreneur. I always uh, just, it's great to be part of it. I came from England with nothing 30 years ago. And, and just to be talking to you guys is a big honor. So thank you. And anyone out there who's uh, in the fight of being an entrepreneur, stay at it. All right. Don't quit. Don't quit. Keep it simple. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Anthony. Thanks, John. Thank you for listening to the Green Entrepreneur Podcast. To find out more about Green Entrepreneur, you can go to greenentrepreneur.com or check out our magazine on newsstands everywhere. Check out our Instagram at Green Entrepreneur. We're also on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and all other social media feeds. If you like this podcast and you'd like to hear more from me, Jonathan Small, check out my other podcast, Right About Now, that's W-R-I-T-E, to get some in-depth interviews into the lives and stories of successful writers, how they got there, what they learned, and what you need to succeed. That's rightaboutnowmedia.com. Until next episode, we'll THC you later.